This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time, 12.03. It's great to have you with us for the Thursday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Technology Thursday. Google is opening retail stores. Response has been huge to Ford's newly unveiled all-electric F-150 pickup truck. That's in our next segment. Right now, the weekly count of jobless claims is providing optimism today. We're joined by Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com. Uh, Greg, help us to understand here, uh, th- this is new people filing for unemployment. Is that what this number represents? Yeah, good afternoon, Cisco. Yeah, we do. We get a weekly uh, you know, update, if you will, on the number of unemployment claims filings. And the number today came in 444,000. That's the lowest yet since the outbreak of the pandemic, but still more than twice what we had been at uh, pre-pandemic. And uh, you know, all told, almost 16 million Americans collecting unemployment through one form or one program or another. So things moving in the right direction, but you know, I still quite a ways to go uh, as evidenced by those numbers. Yeah. So this just uh, seems to me that fewer employers are laying people off and now we just need to get more people hired. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there are a lot of, a lot of jobs that are open right now. I mean, we see a record high in terms of jobs open. So the economy is is coming back at at breakneck speed. Uh, I think a lot faster than had been expected, uh, certainly in the early stages of the pandemic. So moving forward, uh, I mean, I guess what are economists concerned about that you'll end up with this situation as more communities lower the unemployment benefits, getting rid of that three hundred extra dollars, and it takes a while to get people employed again. Uh, could could we end up having some hiccups here on the road to full job recovery? Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, there, you know, are, you know, between the expiration of not only unemployment benefits, but even some of the forbearance uh, programs, eviction moratoriums, uh, you know, even the, the, the student loan forbearance, you know, there could be some payment shock. Uh, that households experience. And if their income hasn't yet recovered, uh, you know, that's certainly going to, to be a catalyst for financial distress, unfortunately. Yeah, because, I mean, going forward, there there's a lot of money that was pumped into unemployment benefits, understandably, during the pandemic. Uh, with that drying up, a lot of people have been relying on that spending in various local economies. If that spending isn't there, uh, now you have maybe even some regression in the economic growth. Well, the economy is growing and and bouncing back very fast. The job market, not as fast. And I think that's the disconnect that we have to keep in mind. Uh, We've heard the term K-shaped consumer recovery. And basically what that means is, you know, like the letter K, there's one leg. It's like an escalator going up. People that are doing fine and things are getting better. The other, like like the escalator going down where uh, financial fortunes, uh, unfortunately, heading in the wrong direction. So uh, when it comes to, I, I guess, how to move forward for those employers um, and, and how to get more people hired, a lot of them are probably trying to figure out what their own pandemic rebound looks like. It's not as though employers go, OK, we're on the rebound. We'll just hire all the people that we laid off a year ago. 
Yeah, def- definitely a del- delicate balancing act. I mean, uh, you know, many employers having to raise wages in order to attract uh, employees. But, uh, you know, inflation is, is kind of uh, an issue that's confronting uh, employers of all sizes. Uh, the uh, Philadelphia Fed manufacturing survey out today showed that 40 percent of those companies, those are, you know, manufacturers, 40 percent of them raised prices uh, and 77 percent of them paid more for their goods. So there's still, you know, there's a lot of price pressures that's going to impact those bottom lines. That's going to impact, uh, you know, how quickly people can can bring on staff and, uh, you know, the business that they see. Thanks so much, Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com. Coming up, it looks like Ford's all-electric pickup is going to be a major hit later in the show. 1239 Technology Thursday, Google is going to start selling a bunch of products in retail stores. Ford introduced its all-electric F-150 pickup yesterday. The requests, according to the company, are already pouring in. We welcome Jeff Gilbert, CBS Auto Reporter based in Detroit. Uh, Jeff, uh, sounds to me like Ford is is going to say this is so far a pretty big success. Yeah, but I mean, it is the first 24 hours, so it's been a very good week for Ford, actually, uh, between their reveal last night, some interesting details about the vehicle, and also, you know, the president's uh, drive of the vehicle. That certainly brings a lot of attention to it. Yeah, a lot of people paying attention. And does the 20,000 mean that there is an appetite for an all-electric pickup? It certainly does. Now, realize these are hand raisers. These are people who send in a $100 refundable deposit. So some could change their mind, but it certainly shows there's interest. And that's what Ford is trying to find out here. They're going into the mainstream of the market, pickup truck buyers, and trying to see, okay, how many people really want an electric vehicle? And by the way, here are some extra things an EV can do, things like, you know, providing power for your house and providing some lockable storage that you didn't have before. Yeah, because a lot of people are wondering, can the, especially a pickup truck, people love the power of a pickup truck. People are wondering if that can be replicated with a battery. Uh, Apparently it can be. Oh, yeah, 535 horsepower. There isn't, uh, you know, there aren't very many pickup trucks, uh, gasoline power that, that can do that. You can put in as powerful an electric motor as you want. I mean, electric motors drive all of the commuter trains in Chicago, so it takes a lot of power to do that. So this just, you know, 20,000 reservations right away uh, just continues to spur Ford and other companies forward that most, if not all of them, have announced moving to all electric. It just shows them, yeah, okay, the, the public is willing to deal with this. It, it, it doesn't quite show that they're ready to go all electric. It shows there are a lot of people out there who are very interested in this and maybe putting their toe in the water. I think that is more carefully uh, a way to think of it than thinking that people are ready to jump in head first. Yeah, the big question is, is all electric going to be a niche where some people are going to want it and other people just don't want it? Or are they actually going to be able to move all their fleets over to all electric? There's, I mean, there's some people, if they don't want it, what are they going to do? By used, uh, essentially, yeah, right. if if we if we end up with an, an actual ban on internal combustion engines like California has, and you know that that brings a a lot of interesting questions if if that happens. But the, the other thing to think about is we've seen a ton of breakthroughs on electric vehicles in the last decade, and they are working on new technologies to get through some of those problems like recharging times, range, things of that nature. I mean, I remember driving the Nissan Leaf about seven, eight years ago. It could barely go 100 miles. Now it's pretty typical. I mean, nothing goes less than 200 miles, and many EVs can go up to 300 miles on a charge. Is there any talk of of the uh, the infrastructure that is required? If you end up 
getting to over, oh, say, I don't know, 15 years, getting to just about everything being electric. I look around here, city of Chicago, and I go, man, in neighborhoods where people are parking on the street, sometimes blocks away from their apartment, where in the world are they going to plug those things in? Right. That's going to be a big issue. People who are apartment dwellers, people who park on the street, also an issue with people who are traveling. But we, we also have to look at an infrastructure that's going to be very different than what we have today, because the vast majority of people will do most of the recharging at home. Where you're really going to need recharging is when you do take trips. And will there be enough? I mean, does somebody want to pull an, off an interstate and wait in line for the next uh, available socket? So there, there are issues like that that really have to work out over the years. Thanks so much. Always good to talk with Jeff Gilbert, CBS Auto Reporter. Ford says 20,000 people sent in deposits for the new all-electric F-150 Ford stock today. Doing pretty well. It is up right about two and a quarter percent at 1239. Just ahead, crypto makes a comeback as government regulators consider tighter scrutiny of it. Investing 60 minutes each weekday toward planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Treasury Department taking steps to crack down on cryptocurrency markets and transactions while the entire space bounces back from a huge sell-off. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Bill Uliveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management in Glenview. You can find them online, senecalcapital.com slash digitalgold. Bill, good to have you with us. So as far as the Treasury Department here, what are they wanting to do with crypto? I think they're just bringing cryptocurrency into the silo that has already been created and already been monitored um, that, that we're already using, right? I mean, when you are making a transaction, whether you buy an automobile or you're, uh, you have any kind of income uh, overseas, if you once you reach $10,000 or more, you have to report that to the, to the Treasury, right, or, or the organization does that you did the transaction with. So really what I think all we're really seeing is just cryptocurrency becoming more mainstream, more recognized as a real asset, a real currency, a, um, and that type of medium that needs to be regulated the very same way that we regulate U.S. dollars and euro dollars and, and everything else that you know, uh, our, our economy gets its hands on. And you, you sort of touched on this, but really this is another effort, or maybe not an effort, but another way that uh, crypto is legitimized if the government's saying, hey, we have to pay attention to this. Absolutely. But again, as some people might suggest, that regulations generally are lagging the cryptocurrency. So I think there's a lot of cryptocurrency enthusiasts are kind of laughing at this uh, because they honestly, you know, I, I, I follow a lot of influencers in the cryptocurrency space. And for them, like they're not even they're not looking in the rearview mirror of regulation in the SEC. Like for them, they're the bad guys. They are the ones that brought us the GameStop drama because the SEC perhaps didn't uh, regulate and control the naked short selling uh, process that's been going on for 20 years. So you know, Robinhood, this app that young zillennials um, are investing in, is is steps ahead of just logging into Vanguard or you know, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, uh, Schwab, and all these other platforms. So I think that in one way, yes, uh, regulation is important. We need it to uh, protect the small investor. On the other hand, there are some people that would suggest that regulation merely uh, entrenches the bigger firms that create bad practices that bring us the drama that we see, um, you know, in stocks like AMC and GameStop, et cetera. What is behind a rebound in crypto today? You got Bitcoin up about two and a quarter percent, Ethereum up six and a half percent. What's going on there? 
Well, we had a, a crazy sell-off yesterday. It's very reminiscent of when I was on the trading floor during the flash crash of 2010. You know, whenever the stock market experiences volatility, we get circuit breakers, we stop trading, spread widths go super wide to discourage trading. And so we're just seeing, I think, a natural bounce back uh, of a big market sell-off that happened yesterday. But it's kind of funny, Cisco, because, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum, yes, it's mainstream and we hear a lot of it on the news. But again, in, in the cryptocurrency space, that's like Bitcoin, Bitcoin to what's going on today is like MySpace to Facebook or MySpace to TikTok. There are other projects like Theta Network, which is a decentralized uh, video streaming content service. There's Engine Coin, which is a cryptocurrency blockchain that's building communities for game developers. Uh, there's Helium, which is already laying down a 5G network that's decentralized. So there are things that are the, – the, today's millennials are way ahead. There are three or four stops, uh, steps ahead, not only of regulators, but, uh, but in front of Bitcoin, which is like layer one, and Ethereum, which is layer two. So I don't want to get too bogged down in the technicals of the cryptocurrencies, but there's some really cool projects out there. And Bitcoin and Ethereum, I think, in many ways are uh, – they're just not that exciting anymore. It's like having an AOL extension on your email account. So – it's just, it's a fun place to be in. There's so many interesting things going on. Uh, and, and we're definitely seeing, again, Bitcoin and Ethereum are bringing legitimacy and other digital assets are bringing legitimacy to financial services as we're building a parallel financial system. Thanks so much. Really interesting to see how it's all developing so quickly. Bill Uliveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management Technology Thursday. Still ahead, Google is opening a retail location. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Lawmakers in the House forward a capital security bill despite opposition from some members of the GOP. There's an update today on the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan. Technology Thursday. Google is going to open its first retail store for phones and other gadgets this summer. A longtime analyst is sharing his thoughts on a potential indicator of an end of the bull market. WBBM Business, the Dow up 223 points, NASDAQ up 224, and the S&P is up 45 points. Oil down 1.5%. Sunshine in Chicagoland, a beautiful warm afternoon, high of 85. We're just about there already. 82 at O'Hare, 79 degrees downtown. The House has narrowly approved just under $2 billion to bolster security at the Capitol in the wake of the January riot by supporters of former President Trump. Democrats pushed past opposition from Republicans to provide emergency funding to add retractable fencing, a quick response force, and police training. Passage comes a day after the House approved the formation of an independent commission to investigate the siege by Trump loyalists. A lot of questions were asked on Capitol Hill today about the handling of the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Lawmakers had a number of concerns, among them how to maintain intelligence gathering with no troops on the ground. The Pentagon's David Helvey said the U.S. is in talks with other countries in the region. These are the types of negotiations that are underway now. How to maintain U.S. aircraft provided to the Afghan Air Force with no contractors on the ground. Brigadier General Matthew Trollinger. We continue to work with them to work on the aircraft in country and then looking at options whereby we can facilitate more extensive work on those airframes elsewhere. And will the Taliban choose peace or violence? Special representatives all make Lilzad. Skepticism is justified. We'll have to see what they do. Taliban attacks against Afghan forces have increased since the U.S.-Taliban peace deal. Cami McCormick, CBS News. It's 1232. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Gary Kaltbaum is here to talk about the higher markets. The Dow up 224, NASDAQ up 229, and the S&P up 45 points. Gary is president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Gary, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Uh, I think the most important part of the equation is interest rates are starting to behave a little bit better and uh, commodity prices starting to wane a wee bit here. And that's helped uh, specifically growth in tech. And growth in tech has been a horror show since uh, February of March. So uh, some relief rally here. The Dow and S&P held some very vital support yesterday, and that's given some impetus uh, to get going to the upside here. Did the NASDAQ need a little bit of a pullback? What do you think about those valuations? Uh, well, I still think they're high, uh, but that doesn't mean we can't go higher. I've seen uh, high valuation markets go for another six, nine months, but eventually uh, you end up with heck to pay uh, based on that. But right now, I think we're okay. And again, if interest rates back down, that will be very huge for a market that had some pretty good momentum. Uh, that's uh, in a normal correction right now. You know, a lot of people are getting all bearish, uh, but all you've had is maybe a, a few percent uh, correction, the Dow and S&P. And I think the NASDAQ at the lows 
was about seven or eight percent. So I call it no big deal. And hopefully this is the start of another move to the upside. What do you do with cryptocurrencies, uh, given the volatility? I mean, you had Bitcoin, what, down around 30,000 yesterday. Now it's back up. It popped up above 40,000 at one point today. This stuff is just all over the place. Well, uh, let me give a full disclaimer. I didn't have them on the way up. Uh, I just think it's a gigantic bubble. Uh, there's not enough talk. That there's 2,000 of these coins out there. Uh, that's the definition of a bubble. And I, I would just be very careful. Not one person has been able to tell me what underlying value these coins have. And if we start to see more and more companies back away from their acceptance, I think there can be trouble. And I think a lot of these big money hedge funds that bought and then touted everybody else to buy are neck deep in them. And I can guarantee you if things worsen, they will not just sit there. They'll be selling too. So just message, be careful and know what you're getting into. Well, that's where you see the bubble burst, right? When the big holders start dumping it? Oh, yeah. And just so you know, in the last six months, you had the SPACs, that bubble burst. You had a big move in penny stock, that bubble burst. You had a bunch of no-sales companies with no-sales that bubble burst, as well as other things. So again, I just be careful, especially the coins you've never heard of, because forget it, those are going to be goners. And one more note, there are some uh, secondary coin stocks for miners and stuff like that. Uh, They're down 80, 90% from the highs uh, that nobody talks about. So again, know what you're getting into, pick your poison, keep stops in place just in case it goes the wrong way. Yeah, the the investing mindset, I mean, it must be the, the old school uh, look at what a company's earning. Look at how it's doing. Look at its debt. You know, it's just not sexy. It's sexier to be able to throw five hundred bucks into something and maybe turn it into ten thousand. And I must tell you, I've been getting emails from uh, listeners to my radio show and viewers when I'm on TV that their fourteen-year-old uh, uh, godson told them he bought five hundred bucks of. Uh, uh, doji coin. That's the type of stuff that happens late in the game. And, and again, just be very wary. And, and just remember, Coinbase came public after Bitcoin went up sixfold in a matter of 10 months. And you see what Coinbase stock has done. I think it's down about 50% from the first day's high. So again, it's just buyer beware. Know what you're getting into. And if things turn the wrong way, just keep stops in place and, and don't bury yourself. Yeah, figure out how to get out for sure. That's Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. Up next, Technology Thursday. Google is set to take the leap into retail. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Technology Thursday. Google has announced it will open its first brick-and-mortar location this summer in New York City. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group. Shelley, always good to have you on. Uh, so Google, I mean, I hear I thought bricks and mortar was dead. Apparently Google doesn't think so. You know, experiential retail is far from dead. I think transactional retail where you just order stuff or subscribe to stuff, yeah, retail is changing, but there's nothing like a good retail experience. It's entertainment, and as long as the retailers understand that, and some of the best really do, I think it makes a lot of sense. They're going to have, you know, Pixel phones and Fitbit wearables and Pixel books and Nest products, you know, all the smart home stuff there. And um, it's going to be, you know, it's it's in their uh, Chelsea, in their, which is a part of Manhattan that's super cool. And in, they're in a great building anyway, Google downtown. So midtown, really. So, yeah, uh, I, I think it's a great idea. And will they have... Uh, great prices. That's a question. You know, how are they going to merchandise? That's something else. You know, Apple stores are the most profitable retail stores on a per square foot basis. 
in the world of any kind of store that anyone's ever put out there. Now, also because Apple charges ridiculous money for their hardware, just between us. Um, <laughs> but we'll we'll see what you know. We'll see how Google does. It's a pop up shop, so you know. Um, I should say, I don't know that this, they may think this is permanent. They've done some pop-up shops. They must have gotten some experience from it. But I'm excited. I'm really excited to see it. You know, Samsung has 837 right down there. Um, it's on Washington and 837 Washington. The Apple Store is always a pleasure to walk into. And how great will it be to be able to have a Google experience the same way? I'm excited about it. Well, experience, you keep using that word. Is, is that really what they're going for here? There, there's something about if you're going to pay all that money for a piece of electronics, you actually want to touch it first. You know, maybe, maybe not. I think with the return policies we have today and the word of mouth and people like, yes, of course you want to touch it. But I also think that that retail has changed and Google is one of the most successful organizations in the world from a right content, you know, right person, right place, right content, right time perspective. I'm fascinated to see how they're going to apply that knowledge to a retail environment because it's not successful. And they don't have a great track record at selling stuff, physical stuff. If it's not successful, I'm going to be more interested in if it is successful. I'm expecting this to be wildly successful. But if it isn't, we're going to see how they applied what they learned, the knowledge that they learned, the data that they take from all of us all of the time, and applied it to, you know, the way that we are going to. And I, I do keep using the word experience because there's no such thing as just going shopping. That's a grocery store now, and even that's an experience. So, you know, we have to, retail has to evolve. It has to. And otherwise, you just do 100% of your stuff online. And other than for the things you must do in person, but it's electronics, something you really need. Do you really need to touch the thermostat in person? I don't know. Do you? Yeah, well, yeah, right. As long as it does what they say, as you mentioned, there's a lot of people who uh, offer great return policies. Makes it a lot easier. Thanks so much, Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group. That's Technology Thursday. At this time tomorrow, Entrepreneur Friday, still to come. An indicator that the bull market still has some legs. It's 60 Minutes of Financial Planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. There is concern by some market observers that the resurgence of value over growth signals trouble for the market. Let's get the perspective of Mark Holbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com. Uh, Mark, what do you make of this? Some people heading more toward value stocks. Well, that's right. Everyone's loving to uh, you know, look at different tea leaves in the market and trying to figure out what that means about where the market is going. And sometimes those tea leaves do have some statistical validity. In this case, I just don't find that there is any. So uh, the, it makes sense for a number of other reasons why leadership in the market might change from some of the high, name, uh, you know, high growth stocks that we've seen in recent months to value stocks, which are stocks that are out of favor. But I don't think we can draw any conclusion about where the market is going overall from that change in leadership. And so going forward, what, people just have to pay attention to their own portfolios, do their own research? Well, that, <laughs> that's always a good idea. I think <laughs> in general, I mean, I think the, uh, the, uh, the, the default assumption, I think, for almost all of us is that we should have the bulk of our money in an index fund because most of us, when we try to pick stocks that allow for in the market, we end up failing, something at 90 95% of people end up uh, underperforming the market. And that's true for institutional investors as well. So for most of us, an index fund is probably the way to go. We all love to try to play. Uh, you know, we'd like to play a casino when we go to Vegas or Atlantic City. The same way here, we'd love to sort of uh, match our wits up against the market. So that's okay to play around with uh, some money in a speculative account. 
but uh, I wouldn't bet uh, bet the farm that we're going to be able to figure out how we're going to be able to outperform the market. And when it comes to the bull market, I mean, people have always said, oh, hey, this thing can keep running, can keep running. At some point, it doesn't. I mean, bull markets don't go on forever. Well, that's a very good point. And of course, trying to figure out when it is that it's going to stop ends up being almost impossible to determine. And the way the psychology of these, these things work is that as the market goes up further and further, people say, oh, it can't keep going forever. And then it keeps going. And eventually, by the time it is about to turn down, everyone says, oh, well, this is just a pause that refreshes. And that's the point at which we end up uh, getting caught uh, with too much money in the market. So we need to be aware that at some point, as you say, this market is not going to keep going. Thanks so much. Mark Holbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function. It works both online and with the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.